Hey everyone, what's going on? Uh, Steve here, just saying what's up before the episode, per usual. How's your week going? How's your week been? Uh, mine's been busy. I've been working a lot. Uh, I've been working more than I'd like, but I don't mind because that just means more money in the pocket. I hope you're all working lots. I hope you're getting the time off you need. I hope you're getting that self-care, uh, that, 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 that positive reinforcement living uh, to the best of its ability. Uh, this week on the podcast, Ben Oaken. Uh, ben and I met at a local comedy show in the L.A. Hollywood area. Uh, check out Faded at the Blue Rooster. It's $10. You can bring your own beer. Uh, it's really cool. I very much enjoy it. Uh, and I've seen some really good stand-up comedians there uh, that you would normally uh, have to pay like $25 at like the American Comedy Company with a two-drink minimum. Uh, whereas here it's just $10 and you get to bring your own drinks that you could buy for like two fifty at the gas station. Uh, but Ben Oaken, we have a fun discussion uh, we have a fun talk last week, last Thursday when I dropped the episode last week. Uh, the wife and I went to the movie theater. We went and saw It Chapter 2. Uh, I thought it was really good. I, I very much enjoyed it. Some of the choices, uh, spot on for the, for the children to the adults. Uh, the actor that played Eddie uh, very much just looked like the young child that played Eddie. Uh, Henry Bowers uh, as a, a kid to a, an adult. Uh, really good. I really liked it. I wasn't a big fan of James McAvoy as Bill or Jessica Chastain as uh, Beverly. Uh, I think Amy Adams would have been better suited for Jessa, for, for Beverly's role, uh, just looks-wise. Jessica, Jessica Chastain did a good job. I, I enjoyed it. There was very little about the movie that I, I didn't enjoy, other than the fact that I think it, they could have easily taken out uh, 30 minutes of, of just random bullshit. And the movie would have been fine. Um, but other than that, I very much uh, enjoyed uh, It Chapter 2. Uh, I've started a YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't seen that all, all yet, yet uh, go on YouTube and just search the last podcast you'd want. Um, I only have three episodes out, but I'm doing them like every two, three days. So who knows how many will be out by the time you actually hear this. But go ahead, do me a favor, uh, and subscribe on YouTube. You don't have to get that update to know when the new episodes are out, because I just post them whenever. Uh, but definitely do me a solid and go ahead and subscribe. I already have, like, 15 subscribers, which I think is pretty good. Uh, congrats to former guest of the uh, show, Tanner Black. Uh, he just reached 100,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. Uh, I'd like to think that hopefully some of those uh, were you kids here from his episode on the podcast. Other than that, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get going. It's a little late. I'm about to hop online. Ow, play me some video games. I'm gonna play me a little Dead by Daylight. Talked about that with former guest uh, Marty the Moth from Lucha Underground. How he likes to play uh, Dead by Daylight. I like to play Dead by Daylight. That is what I am going to be playing. Uh, I don't think anything is coming out. So I might go see a movie if I get time. I don't know. I've been working a lot. I think I already said that. Make that money. 
Uh, positive energy, though, guys. PMA, positive mental attitude. Let's keep it going. Uh, let's keep it. It's that, that, that positive train. Uh, get on that happy bus. Uh, remember, when you wake up in the morning, you got three choices. You get on that happy bus, that sad bus, or that mad bus. Why choose the sad or the mad when you could be on the happy? Kids, I'm just trying to push that m- message of positivity the best I possibly can. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Oaken on the show. I hope you're ready for a fun episode. I am going to tell you now there is a little bit of uh, uh, quality to me talking at times. Uh, I'm not sure. I I did this uh, on my headset while I was driving home from work uh, because I meant to do it at home, but a coworker was late, and that's what you deal with when you're the boss. So other than that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get going. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Ben Oaken, give him a shout out on the Twitter or the Instagram, primarily the Twitter, I guess. Uh, Tip the veal. Try the staff. I'll see you then. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the last podcast you'd want Steve here with another episode. I have with me today his name, Ben Oaken. He's just a, a regular person like you and me. He's a, a school teacher. We met each other uh, going to a comedy show in L.A. called Faded. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Excellent. Ben, I have to ask because I know you are a teacher. What 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 do you teach? Where what like what grade? Uh, I teach high school math in a special education department. So I have uh, students with additional needs, and I uh, I teach them all the same math that the other students learn. We just learn in a much smaller classroom. That you know, I have to say that's awesome. Uh, growing up uh, in the, the late '90s, uh, I myself had ADD, uh, and with that, I was actually considered part of the uh, special needs program in uh, in junior high and high school. Uh, so props to you because. Uh, you got a hard job, let alone being a high school teacher. Um, uh, I know that learning for, I know learning for me was super hard, so uh, and frustrating. So I can only imagine what it's like for the teachers. So big ups to you, man. Oh, thanks, man. It's uh, it's definitely a passion field. Nobody's nobody's a teacher for the money. I'll tell you that. Right. Uh, when I originally uh, wanted to go to school, uh, it was originally to be a kindergarten teacher, uh, but you know, plans change. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Sa- same kind of thing happened for me. I actually started as a film major, oddly enough, and I changed my major a whole bunch of times and ended up uh, landing in the position I'm at now. And, there, and now you're a, a high school math teacher. Exactly. <laughs> well, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, do you happen to remember if you have ever walked out of a movie, the first movie you walked out of? Uh, so my experience with walking out of movies is kind of goofy. I've never walked out of a movie by my choice, but I've had a couple of occasions where I've walked out of movies because the people I was with decided that we were done. So the very first one that I remember is uh, in the late 90s, like 96, 97, there was this really insane movie called Buddy about okay. uh, a rich white woman who decided to raise a gorilla as her kid. And oh, I, uh, they, I distinctly, exactly, yes. I distinctly remember my mom being like, nope, we're done. 
about like a half hour into it. So we definitely, that's the first one that I walked out of. And that was the first time that I knew that you were allowed to just like leave a movie if it was shitty. Okay. And uh, yeah, like I don't actually know what happens in the rest of the movie because I've never been able to bring myself to finish it. So that's, uh, uh, that's, that was my walking out experience for sure. I, I, I don't know if I've ever actually seen that movie all the way through. Um, but I, I definitely know that I've seen bits and pieces of Buddy. Uh, I, I don't know if it would actually be worth finishing it all. Uh, other movies that you have walked out of uh, or groups have walked out of that you were part of? Uh, the last one I distinctly remember, it was actually kind of sad, was uh, I went to see Observe and Report on a Date. <laughs> and uh I, I'm I'm of the LGBT, so I was I was going out with a guy and we went to see Observe and Report and in the middle of it he had an anxiety attack because it reminded the something about the movie reminded him of his childhood and it was just really dark. So we decided to not do that and went and got an ice cream instead. So that was the last one that I remember not finishing. Okay. Uh, uh, you did not miss much uh, with observe and report that Seth Green or not Seth Green, Seth Rogen. Yeah, a, uh, he was. It was like a. It was like an R-rated Paul Blart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they had like the the, the weird uh, Korean twins and yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wanted. Oh, I have a weird fact about those guys. Those guys used to run. Uh, I don't know if they still do, but they used to run a comic book and like like trading card shop in West Hollywood. Like, they just owned it. That was their job. And somebody, like, passed them from just, like, walking in the door with them. Really? That's funny. I did. That's a good little piece of, of knowledge. I, I did not Yeah, know. it's a weird nugget for sure. <laughs> so those are the movies that you remember walking out of. Uh, I have had two similar instances to what you have had, uh, which would be the first movie that I walked out of because uh, uh, I was with my girlfriend on a date. And we went and saw Joe Dirt, and she thought. Oh was, no! She thought it was stupid and wanted to leave. That's so, <laughs> fair. Uh, and then I went with a group of friends to go see Hot Rod, uh, and we got about uh, 20 minutes into that, and I was the one. I looked at all of them. I went, I don't know about you, but this film is fucking stupid. <laughs> and I got so, up. And I so I have to ask. Did you ever give Hot Rod another try? Because I, I I love those guys. That movie is wildly dumb, but it is like it has like a plucky charm to it if you can like if you're in the right mindset. I have not given it a second chance yet. Uh, I want. I, I it's all about timing, and there's always things that I I could be doing that's not Hot Rod. As long. Oh yeah, as, no, that's as, totally fair. As long as it's a better film than MacGruber, I I should be happy with it. <laughs> Uh, I could, I, I can feel that. But we walked out of, uh, we walked out of Hot Rod, and we went and saw uh, Sunshine. Oh wow! Okay, that is With, quite the tonal shift. Yes, one hundred percent. And I believe that Sunshine would be the better film of the two, even though I still have. I, I think that's Hot fair. I, I think that's totally fair. Danny Boyle is fantastic, and I'll watch anything that Chris Evans is in. Like. He's he's one of my all-time faves. He's just he's, he's quite the looker, and I enjoy all of his stuff. Even the stuff that he makes that are really schlocky, I, I, I'll still see it. Uh, one of my favorite uh, Chris Evans films is actually, like, the biggest film that he is uh, ashamed of. 
and that is not another teen movie. Yes, I love that movie. Like, I listened to a couple of your earlier podcasts, and you were asking what people's childhood crush was. And Jake Weiler, Chris Evans in that movie, was absolutely my childhood crush in middle school. Like, he that movie is bananas, and it is super messed up, and parts of it are just not funny at all. There's also parts of it that make me giggle, and it's still, like, one of the better parody films to come in that era, I think. I, I will agree. I I just, so, so uh, it's funny the way timelines work out. So I'm dropping tomorrow uh, an episode in which I talk about a lot of 90s films. And one of the main films that was spoken about was, um, oh, and I can never remember it, Can't, Hard, Can't Hardly Wait with oh, for sure. Hewitt, Nathan Embry, and, and everything just, for me, kept relating back to not another teen movie. Oh, yeah. So much of that storyline lines up. It's 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 more it claims to be a parody of lots of movies, but it's basically just she's all that and can't hardly wait. Right with um uh oh I want to I want to say there's the the varsity blues aspect as well. Yeah, that's definitely a layer of it too. Uh, which I love because uh, the kid that plays Billy Bob in Varsity Blues is the same kid that plays Reggie Ray. Oh, that's right! I, that That is totally right. I had forgotten that. I'm sorry for yelling into your recording. But no, that is a, such a okay. weird little thing about that movie, for sure. Oh, there are so many little nuggets that I love about that movie. Another a good one is uh, the gentleman that is leading the kids around campus. Uh, and later in the film, he's the one that, that says, wow, I can't believe everybody in our school knows how to synchronize dance. Uh, that's the guy from uh, How I Met Your Mother, right? It's Ted Mosley from Yes, How I Met Exactly, yes. So it's little, there's just, you know, little nuggets of joys and stuff in that that I, I just love. Um, so that, that covers one of our questions, uh, child, uh, Gino, Childhood Crush. Uh, Chris Evans. For sure. Jake Mosley. Um, that's, that's great. Uh, do you happen to have uh, a movie that you could watch every day? Oh, yeah. I have – it's the, – the, the, the movie that is closest to my heart, for some reason, is uh, David Wayne's Wet Hot American Summer. Okay. Okay. I know that one. It's uh, – for, for people who might not know it, in case your listeners haven't heard of it, it's basically an absurdist take on, like, 70s and 80s summer camp movies and it stars a bunch of people that you know like Amy Poehler and Bradley Cooper and Paul Rudd right around the time that they were starting to become really popular came out in about 2005-ish and I just absolutely love that movie. I have a, a, a big background in summer camp so a lot of the stupid stuff that they do in it directly speaks to my experience even though it's like an absurdist surrealist version of it and it's just really, really silly and dumb. And, like, there's so much stupid stuff in it that I just really, really enjoy. Uh, first Day of Summer. Oh, yeah. First Day of Summer is great. They actually, uh, they did, um, I think they did two series, didn't they? They did uh, two Netflix series that were, like, a sequel and a prequel. Well, I want to say the prequel was First Day of Summer, and that one was, like, done 10 years after like wet hot american summer and then i think they did kind of do a follow-up of like where where they were afterwards i don't remember yeah, that one i don't remember that the one craziest, specifically. yeah the most the most ridiculous thing about it was that it was 
all of these men and women in their like late 40s, early 50s, who had previously played teenagers when they were in their 30s, now playing teenagers again, but they are like even older. That's the like that conceit of the movie is so ridiculous that it makes it kind of wonderful. Oh, of course. It's it's the whole uh, uh, walk hard aspect of it. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> that's an that's a movie I haven't thought of in a long time. Oh, I I there are so many uh things about walk hard that I just absolutely love. Uh and even looking back on it because uh like that Blades of Glory, I was not a fan of The Office when it was on TV. So Oh yeah, go, I'm I'm the same way for sure. So I go I go to movies and I go with all my friends and they would be making references to The Office about Jenna Fisher, or, or however her did Pam, Pam Beasley. Yeah, exactly, uh-huh. Because she's in both of those, and rewatching them now, like, I'm remembering all the little stupid jokes they'd make, and I'm, I'm getting, like, I'm, I'm, you know, 10, 15 years later, I'm finally getting them all. Huh, nice. Okay, cool. Um, do you have any other, I mean, any other movies? Uh, I, if you want to name one or two, you know, movies you could watch every day, that's great. If not, Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, I think is a great movie and one that the fans should definitely check out. Uh, as far as movies I can watch every day, I am a glutton for punishment when it comes to like really bad movies. I love the Troll 2 and the Birdemics, but my, <laughs> my personal favorite is the incredibly terrible Grown Ups 2. Oh, okay. I've, um, seen, I've seen Grown Ups. I have not seen Grown Ups 2. And, and I did not see the original Grown Ups until this year. And I'd seen Grown Ups 2 probably 15 times uh, at least. And the reason that I got into it is actually because of another podcast. Um, there's a podcast that was started by a couple of New Zealanders, a couple of comedians from New Zealand called The Worst Idea of All Time. Have you heard of that? I, I have not, but that, that sounds like a very similar title to mine. It's, it, it's, it, was, it was, oh my gosh. The, the basic conceit of the podcast was for an entire year, once a week, they watched Grown Ups and oh, reviewed it and tried God. to... Yes, I have, it 100%, is, I have 100% heard of this podcast. It was incredible. Like, you get to hear these guys descent into madness. And it made me want to watch the movie. And I just fell in love with how awful it is because of their experience with it. So that's another one that, I mean, I would never tell someone to watch it expecting it to be good. But for people who like bad movies, it is so high up the scale of, like, just truly terrible but still very fun to watch. Like, it's a good hate watch for sure. Okay. I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm, just a, I'm, I'm just a fan of, of, like, bad, cheesy films. Like, I, there, there are films that I loved as a child that, like, I know now as an adult are trash. Oh, but yeah. I, but I, I'm like, don't, don't you dare trash them to me because I will defend them to my dying breath. Oh, uh, yeah. Prime, I totally prime, understand that. Prime example, Drop Dead Fred. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. So, 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 so. We don't need to go into the, the depths I, of other podcasts, but I, I assume am, that you... Team Sanity or, or Team Fred. Of course. I'm 100% Team Fred. Oh, my I gosh. Know, okay. That's going to make very little sense to your listeners that don't have the crossover with... Uh, uh, how did this get made? But yeah. oh my gosh, that's really funny to hear. I have not seen that movie, and I'm oh. I'm want to see it because it sounds so absurd. It's but so, so I'm no I'm 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 a free agent when it comes to the teams. 
Oh, I'm 100% team Fred. Um, that's a, that's hilarious. Okay, did cool. You, did you did you ever watch the Young Ones? Did you ever watch the British comedy show The Young Ones? Um, I it's, that's one that people have told me to watch that I have not gotten around to because I love British comedy, especially sketch. So that's yeah. definitely on my radar, but it's not something that I've found the time for. But I understand that. Uh, it, how is how is it connected to Drop Dead Fred? The actor that plays Fred is on that show. Oh, okay, that makes sense. He's one of the main young ones. Um, oh, okay, he, cool. He's also uh, the guy that played Fred uh, before because he has since passed away. Um, but uh, he was also a deleted character uh, from the Harry Potter films. What? Yes. He, Wait, when you uh, say deleted character, do you mean like they shot him and he got edited out, or like yes. he was in some of the movies and then not in the rest? He was he was shot and then edited out. Um, he and I, I wish I could remember like the people that know what I'm talking about. Uh, he was one of the the ghosts in Hogwarts. Oh um, man, was he Peeves? He might have been Peeves. Wow. Okay, that's that's actually a really weird little nugget. I love that. I will have to see what I can find about that now because that's the kind of thing that I love to find out about movies for sure. Absolutely. Um, Let's see here. Uh, who is your favorite director? Ooh, okay. All right, well, like, this was really hard for me because I have a lot of directors that I like, but I don't have a lot of, like, filmographies that I like. It's hard for me to pick and choose. So, like, the, the all-time is probably Spielberg, but I feel like that's what a lot of people say. So I think my favorite modern director, honestly, is uh, the Russo brothers. Because I feel like they've managed to do, both with the MCU and with some of the other things that they've worked on, just really, really stellar work with existing properties. And it's kind of insane that they their first major film was You, Me, and Dupree. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Like, they went from You, Me, and Dupree to Community to, like, Captain America to Avengers which is an insane, like, scale to travel. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, think that, I think that it's fair to say that they are my favorite, like, modern directors. The other person that I really like, even though his, uh, his filmography is very small, is uh, Chad Stilensky, the guy who directed the John Wick films. I think that oh. he is absolutely stellar, and he's the, only, he's the only director I can think of where I genuinely like every movie that he's made, mostly because he's only made those three. So he's just done the three John Wick films? He started, I believe, either as a fight choreographer or as a stuntman or as like a, a, a cinematographer for the Wachowskis. And I think that he worked on one of the Wachowskis' uh, Matrix films, but I'm okay. not 100% sure. I'd have to look it up to be to like clarify that. But that's my general understanding of where he started. And then he turned that credit into John Wick. Okay. And that's, and, and God damn, John Wick, I fucking love those movies. Yeah, they're absolutely bananas. They're, and, they, and they just get better. They just, they, yeah, it's, it's, it's really impressive the way they've taken that world and expanded it. Like, to, be, to do what they've done with what is a really basic concept, it's a mafia revenge movie, but they broadened it and turned it into such a, like, a, it's, I, I don't have appropriate words. It's not that I can't say it. It's just I can't think of the way to describe the way that they were able to do what they've done. 
the way they were able to develop just an entire world. Uh, I I have to say, of them, John Wick Three is probably my favorite. Oh yeah. Um, uh, if only. Which is which is crazy. <laughs> oh oh man, just the the. So you've seen it, right? Oh yeah, of course. So the knife the knife scene in the first twenty minutes of the film, the knife fight. Yes. In that little hallway, fucking blew my mind. It was yeah. crazy. Um, that movie is completely breakneck because in terms of pacing, it goes from that to the scene with the fucking horses, which is absolutely nuts, to the motorcycle sequence. Like, no. there's so many things, and they all build. Like, it starts with one of the coolest, like, small space fight scenes I have ever seen. And I I like to think of myself as a a, a pretty good action film viewer. That small fight, that that fight scene with the knives in what appears to be like a weapons like museum, that scene is completely nuts. And then it builds up from there in ways that are really, really incredible. I agree. I think I think the uh, the John Wick films uh, are like the uh, Captain America films. They just they're like they're, they're they just progressively get better. Like for oh yeah, me, for sure. For for me with the Captain America films, it goes first Avenger. Winter Soldier, Civil War, like those are the three I think is great. And for me, it goes John Wick, John Wick Two, John Wick Three. Like absolutely. And and none of them are bad films. Like oh, no. if you were to watch one of those films individually, you'd be like, yeah, that was good. But the way that they build upon each other and expand what you know about the characters and what they're able to do with fight choreography and even just like the quality of the writing. It absolutely is uh, an evolution over time for the for both of those film series. It is, and I love I love watching the videos of Keanu Reeves training for. Oh yeah, no, that is the, super the super gnarly training that he went in for. All of that is just crazy. Absolutely. So I looked it up really quick while we were talking. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the the gentleman's name that played uh, Drop Dead Fred, uh, his name is Rick. Mayel, uh, M-A-Y-A-L-L, and he did play Peeves. And he oh, was, wow. And he was uh, cut from the film, but I believe if you look on YouTube, there is uh, the deleted footage of him. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm absolutely going to have to look that up. That's wild. Yeah, and it's crazy because I remember reading the books, and then I remember, like, reading online that he had played Peeves, and I loved Peeves for, for what he – for because he didn't have a big role in the book, right? No, he basically – like, he literally exists to fuck with people at the castle. He was, like, the only bit of, like, cruelty that happened to the kids outside of them just, like, constantly being in danger. <laughs> yes, then, yeah. Uh, I would have loved it. I, I haven't seen the footage of footage on YouTube, uh, but just knowing that they, that Fred played Peeves uh, is, is amazing. Um, but I've loved, I've loved Drop Dead Fred. I love Drop Dead Fred. Uh, one of my favorite, it's so funny, like amazing actors. My favorite films of theirs are just pure shit. Oh, um, yeah. That John, is totally fair. John Turturro. My favorite John Turturro movie is called Brain Donors. I just watched Brain Donors. I literally saw that movie for the first time on, uh, it's on Amazon Prime right now. I just watched it less than a week ago. That movie is in- completely nuts. It's real bad, but it's like a, a, it's like a, I don't even know how to describe it, like a 70s or 80s interpretation of like the Three Stooges. 
so what it is is it was made in the early 90s and it was an adaptation of the marx brothers a funny thing happened on the way to the opera seriously seriously oh my gosh wow that That's that the, is the three, even... the three oh. main characters are representations john Turturro's character is is uh uh the main marx brother i'm trying groucho. to groucho uh bob smith who plays jacques is obviously harpo uh-huh. And then uh, the cab driver is the third brother. Um, oh, wow. That's crazy. I, you know I, what? I'm going to have to watch it again to see how much it lines up. Because I've definitely seen uh, uh, Night at the Opera. I've yeah. seen, uh, like, I, I, I used to take, uh, I took film history courses when I was way back when I was a freshman in college. And I, I know exactly what you mean. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even realize how much that lined up. I'm going to have to rewatch it. That's crazy. I love that movie. I could watch, that's a movie I could watch every day. I, I, I watched it when it was like on HBO in like 1994 or something. And I fell in, <laughs> I, I, and I fell in love with it. And uh, they stopped airing it. And this was the, the days pre-internet. Like you couldn't buy anything. And I just constantly remember just like going, uh, driving cross country once with my aunt. And literally just going to little video stores that sold videos and looking for brain donors and just looking Hell for yeah. it, looking That's for fantastic. it. And I was able, my, my mother-in-law was nice enough. She got it for me for Christmas, like two, three years ah. ago. And I, I've, watched it, I've watched it a couple of times. That's really funny that you like just watched that movie. Um, but that I, movie I literally was just hunting for something funny to watch. And the only person I knew in the cast was John Turturro. And I, I've seen many things with him that I've liked. I particularly like, uh, like, Mr. Deeds is great. Uh, oh, Brother, oh, Where Art Thou is great. There's so many things that he's done that are, he's not the lead, but he is a shining star in it. The Big Lebowski. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. Apparently, they're making a spinoff sequel to that. Just for the Jesus, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is I've a little, been... that's an interesting choice, considering that character's storyline and in in context in the film. Oh, sure, but everyone, you, you you know, it's either that or you do a film about John Goodman's character and he's lost so much weight that he can't, you know, do that anymore. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, but uh, Brain Donors, for me, awesome cast. You have John Turturro, um, and I, I may have gotten the actors mixed up. The cab driver is the albino from The Princess Diaries. Oh, my gosh. You just realized okay. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did not. That I didn't realize that. The, oh, oh, wait, uh, Princess, are you saying, do you mean Princess Bride? The Princess Bride, yeah, the, the, the albino the, that sucks the Oh, yeah, okay, him. the guy who runs the, uh, the, 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 the torture chamber. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That, that's the wow, you're driver. totally right, that is who it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the girl, uh, the ballerina, uh, have you ever seen Muppets Take Manhattan? Uh, that is, my husband is a huge Muppets fanatic, so I am certain that he knows who, he would know exactly who you're talking about. I haven't seen that movie recently, so it'd well, be harder for me to pinpoint it, but. Did your husband watch, watch Brain Donors with you? Uh, he did not. He was at work. So now I'm going to have to watch it with him, which is fine. That's a perfectly it. good reason to rewatch it. Uh, the, the main, the main girl in it is, uh, is, uh, the main, the main actress from, uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Nice. Okay, cool. 
There's uh, the, the, the delivery man has a brief cameo. It's Eddie Griffin, a young Eddie Griffin. Wow. Uh, and one of my favorite lines ever to use in an argument comes from that film. And that is if someone is arguing with me, I go, do you want to step outside and handle this like men? To which I always hope they say we are outside. To which I can say, well, do you want to step inside and handle this like women? <laughs> yeah, that sequence is great. You're excited. Feel these nipples. I could talk about brain donors all day long. I legitimately that's could. For <laughs> sure. What's a movie? Well, that's so. So that's a great leeway. That's a movie that takes me back to my childhood because I remember being so giggly about it with all the you know inappropriate jokes at my age. What's a movie that takes you back to your childhood? Uh, so the this one was pretty easy for me. It's the the original Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. And I'm a, a big sucker for Mike Myers in basically any role that's not Shrek. And the original and, and, and admittedly the original Shrek is not bad, but they, they don't they don't hold up forever. But the oh, original no. Austin Powers used to be used to be on TBS like maybe twenty five times a week. Like you could watch Austin Powers and then wait an hour and watch Austin Powers again. And yeah. I watched it so many times that I had most of it memorized. I definitely don't anymore. But I would just like make myself laugh quoting Austin Powers at myself and just people would stare at me. Probably I, when I was like maybe 13, maybe even younger than that, like 10 or 11, just because yeah. that movie is, is so completely Funny. ridiculous. I, I, so I'm, I, I'm a big fan of that. I feel you. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, uh, my mother would not let me shave my head, uh, but I, I wish I had just shaved my head. Uh, instead, I wore a bald cap, uh, and I was Dr. Evil for Halloween when I was... Amazing. Oh, that's great. Uh, Dr. Evil, uh, of the, the variety of celebrity impersonations I do, uh, Dr. Evil, <laughs> Dr. Evil was one of the, the first ones that I, I kind of... Nice. Oh, good yeah. stuff. Uh, so I love I love the I love the first two. I'm not so much a fan of Goldmember. Um, I think Goldmember has its moments, but it doesn't hold up as an entire movie. And I think yeah. that it's because they they took a lot of the things that worked and just did slight tweaks on them from the previous films. There's not a lot of original things in Goldmember. It's the exact same thing they do with the Shrek films. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, they're just taking the same jokes and they're recycling them. And well, it took me a long time to realize that the, 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 the voice that Mike Myers does for Fat Bastard is also Shrek. But more than that, it's also the lead or one of the lead characters from So I Married an Axe Murderer. So he's actually recycled that voice twice. Uh, I, will say, I will say that Shrek is very similar. I want to say that, that there is a bit of a difference between the father and that. Because, like, when I learned to do a Scottish accent... It was uh -huh. from Mike Myers in So I Married an Axe Murderer. Okay, like, fair enough. Like so I there's, there is, there's enough of a difference there. For me, for me there's enough of a difference because it's just like, he, hello, no. Like, oh, he's going to cry himself to bed on his wee little pillow. <laughs> Whereas Shrek, Shrek is, is, for me, is just more and more ogre. He's just bigger and better. Like, they're very similar. I know the voices I just did were basically the same fucking voice. Well, yeah, 
but I, I think that for people who are paying attention to the details, like there's definitely more of a cartoonish or monstery quality to the second voice. So that's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah but there's more, yeah, more of just the human quality to the well, because the first character is a human, and the second one's fucking weird. Yeah. But no, I love. Uh, I absolutely love. Yeah, and Fat Bastard is basically like, oh, Doctor Evil. Yeah, I got your mojo, but I want your baby in my belly. <laughs> that's that's pretty spot on. Yeah, my I, Scottish accent tends to devolve. If I ever try to do one, which I'm not going to do right now, but maybe if you have me on again, I'll I'll, I'll have some white claws and do something. But uh, it's uh, my 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 Scottish accent and my Irish accent just sort of switch back and forth while I talk. Which uh, when I do that in class, it drives my students crazy. So it's kind of uh, it's definitely a choice. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's and I mean there's there, there's not much of a difference. Me, there's not much of a difference between an Irish and a Scottish accent. It's just an Irish accent is high pitched and a Scottish accent is low pitched. I think that's but, probably fair. I mean, the, granted, any Irish or Scottish listeners you have right now are just screaming at us through that's their mumbles. That's, so. actually, that's actually assuming that I actually have like Irish accents or, or Irish and Scottish listeners that are actually listening to my podcast. See, I Irish, think that's fair. I feel, I feel the Irish accent is, is a little higher, whereas the Scottish accent, that's just deep. That's just from the gut to the voice. That's, that's, that's just... <laughs> I didn't have a lot that, of friends. That was, that, was, uh, that was pretty on target. Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate uh, Do you happen to remember uh, the first movie to give you Nightmare? Oh, yeah. The first movie that really fucked with me was Jumanji. <laughs> and and <laughs> honestly, I, I distinctly remember loving it in the theaters and being ruined by it for, like, at least a week, if not longer, when I saw it, like, in the evenings after. Because those giant bugs and the fucked up monkeys and, and getting sucked into a board game and having your dad turn into a hunter that wants to kill you. Like, there are many, many layers of terror to that children's film. When you were a child, did you realize that the father was the same actor that was playing the hunter? Well, here's the thing. I didn't realize it. And then my father pointed it out to me. <laughs> Which is so much worse. Like, my dad thought it was really cool that they double-cast this guy. He, I, I guarantee that if he listens to this, he wouldn't remember telling me that. But, oh, my God. Yeah, no, I didn't know that they were the same person until my dad pointed it out, which made it so much worse. I have a great relationship with my dad, but, oh, man. That, oh, no. That, yeah, no. I love that movie today. It, it holds up surprisingly well with some really minor CGI things. But, oh, boy, it is still very scary if you are about 10 years old. I, uh, oh man, I want to say I had to have been uh, a late, a late tween into my teens uh, when that film came out. Okay. Uh, so, so I remember, I remember enjoying, I definitely didn't hate it. Uh, there, there are actually very few films uh, in this world uh, that I can, I can say like, oh, I don't, I don't like that film. I don't like, like there are probably three or four films that I'm like, no, you, you could put that into my say, like, you have to watch this movie or I'm going to pull I'll just look at you and be like, pull the fucking trigger. I'm not watching that movie. <laughs> See, the only movies that really fall under that category for me are, like, the torture porn genre. Like, I can't watch anything in the Saw franchise beyond the first one. Even the first one's hard for me to stomach. And anything 
in that same vein where it's just unnecessarily cruel or really realistic gore, I'm probably not down. But a lot you're of other things I'm, I'm, I can handle. You're out. You're out for hostile for the hostile. Oh yeah, no that that movie. You can't. I can't get past the trailers on that one. I'm good to go. Oh man, I remember. So I remember. I went. I was working at a movie theater, and they had just built up the print back when they actually had 35 millimeter and had to uh-huh. build up a print. Uh, and they were trying to give me more responsibility, and they said, Steve, no one wants to watch this movie, but we need to make sure that it's built up completely. Will you watch Hostel 2? Oh, jeez. And I went, sure, sure, I got no I got no issue with those films. Sure, I'll fucking watch it, no problem. And I don't remember, if I rewatched the film, I could probably tell you the scene, um, but there was one scene that happened that I legitimately just, like my manager came by and went, aren't you supposed to be watching the film? And I went, yeah, I had to walk out or I was going to throw up. Yeah. See that's that, that, that description by itself is enough to tell me that I made the right choice and not seeing that movie. <laughs> and then that also happened with me with, uh, saw three. I went uh, yeah. I- see, I, I genuinely enjoyed the first saw cause I thought the writing was pretty good, even though it was way gorier than I usually like. But, I couldn't, I couldn't even, I read reviews of Saw 2, and that was more than enough, and I just sort of skipped the rest of the franchise. Oh, Saw 2, I'm not going to lie, Saw 2 was probably my favorite of the Saw series. Of That's all fair. Of, the, of all the Saw films. That's what Saw a lot two. of people tell me, is that Saw, Saw 2 is the one where it's just a bunch of people in the house, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, everybody yeah, tells me that's the cool one, but that's also the one that has some sort of crazy thing involving a bunch of needles, and I'm like, nope. I was about to say my favorite, it's my favorite of the series, except for the scene where the girl gets thrown into a pit of syringic needles. Yeah, I'm good with that. I don't need that. That sounds but, awful. But uh, once again, working for a movie theater, uh, they were screening Saw 3 for Halloween, and I got really stoned with one of my coworkers before the film. <laughs> and it was one of the first times that I got, like, really fucking stoned. Okay. Like, I had just started smoking. And uh, it was Saw 3, and it's a guy, uh, and so, spoiler alert for anyone that has seen Saw 3 15 years ago. Uh, it's this guy, he basically has a bunch of rings. Um, in, in, oh, in that's his, when he gets, like, twisted, right? No, he doesn't get twisted. He's got, he's got um, uh, like, steel rings in his skin, and he's got to rip them all out. Oh, that sounds them. awful. That sounds terrible, man. But but the last one is a ring that's in his jaw, behind his teeth, and under oh, his Oh, I jaw. don't need to hear it, bro. I, I'll, I'll be completely serious with you. You can stop the story right there, and I'm good to go. Yeah. I had to walk out of the theater. I was so stoned. It made me so upset that my stomach, I had to walk out. Uh, but no, I uh, fucking Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. I saw that movie for free, and it was the drizzling shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Jupiter Ascending. I do not know why people love Jupiter Ascending. Uh, <laughs> okay, that is one of my favorite recent movies, and it is goddamn terrible. It is so, so, so bad. But it yes. is so fun to watch if you know that it's bad. And I completely, I think you're completely fair in having the opinion that it is just awful and you don't want to see it. But oh man, in the right mindset with enough 
if you're inebriated or high or just like feeling goofy, there is enough ridiculousness in that movie to last you a, a good long night. That's hilarious. Uh, I got up into the point where um, her roommate gets tranquilized by the alien while she's in the closet. Oh my gosh, that's only in the first like 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I got to that and I went, done! Um, wow. So you never got to the point where, uh, spoiler for Jupiter Ascending, you never got to the point where they realized that she's, they, they figure out that she's space royalty because the bees can sense royalty. <laughs> That's literally a line that Sean Bean says in the movie. The bees, they can sense royalty. Yeah, and, and like, you can tell it's a good movie, and by that I mean a bad movie, because Sean Bean survives the whole thing. Oh, man, Sean Bean surviving a film, that's something. Yeah, like, oh my gosh. There, there are so many little niche moments in that. That movie might be worth it alone just for Eddie Redmayne's, like, visceral oh. change in volume in the way that he talks within individual sentences. <laughs> He goes from whispering to screaming to whispering again, literally in the span of like maybe 15 words. It's That's wild. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, my favorite side note, my favorite Sean Bean film where he lives, National Treasure. Okay, fair enough. That is a surprisingly good PG film. I'm a big National Treasure fan. Um, uh, not, a, not a huge fan of the second one, but I really enjoy... Uh, there's a, there's a, a character actor in that movie named Justin Bartha. He's also in the Hangover film. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I think he's, that he's, he's he's great. He's yeah, he's wonderful in that movie. Yeah, that guy's really good. I like I like him. Uh, I want to say, I can't think of anything else he's done, but I know I've seen other things that he has, in fact, done. Absolutely. Um, do you remember, and, and this is an odd one, I always like to ask just because, uh, some people remember, some people don't. Do you remember the first R-rated movie you bought a ticket to? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, it's it's kind of funny because I was fourteen. Uh, I went to I got to see Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines because it was the only, I was working. Actually, it was before I was working. It was at a movie theater that I later worked at, and one of my buddies, one of the older kids in high school, was the ticket salesman. He was he was selling tickets. And yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. check my ID. He just sold me a ticket. So that was the first R-rated movie that I got to actually buy a ticket for myself. Well, of course he knew he knew you were in seventeen. That's I mean I'm not gonna lie. Like I got the ticket. I was seventeen when I for the first movie I went to go see, but I didn't get carded because the dude that was working the ticket booth went to high school with me, and he didn't exactly. Care. Like I, I'm just like you. I definitely I worked at a movie theater for close to five years. And that was definitely a situation where there would be like slightly younger to moderately younger kids who wanted to see movies. And if I thought it was a good enough movie, then whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only, uh, really, I only really carded people on movies where I was like, yeah, I could get fired if I let you see this. Or, yeah, you don't want to see that. That movie sucks. <laughs> right. My, my favorite pastime of uh, working at a movie theater uh, was kicking kids out that were trying to sneak into films. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and, uh, the occasional, the occasional, cause it very rarely happens. Uh, but the box office is closed and someone is knocking on the door 
to get in and they got 40 bucks in their hand for them and their buddy and you just take the 40 bucks and you tell them the theater and they go change and you go, do you want to see the movie or not? And then you get $40 in your pocket. <laughs> wow. That, uh, that never happened with me, but I could I definitely see it happening. I happened a couple times with me. Wow. Okay. Someone, someone knocking on the door. I'm like, sorry, we're closed. And they're like, well, and, and, and I was like, box office closed 15 minutes. There's nothing I can do. And they're, and, and they basically pull their wallet out. And I look up at the window because I knew where the window was where my manager looked. And if, if the manager was, there was one time the manager was looking and I went, sorry, the manager's looking, I can't do shit. But if the manager wasn't looking, I would just look at him. I go 20 bucks ahead. 20 bucks, huh? 20 bucks. 20 nice. Bucks That's amazing. And they'd pop it up, and I'd go, your theater's over there. And they'd be like, popcorn? I'd be like, sorry, session's closed. <laughs> <laughs> but I always, uh, I always enjoyed working at a movie theater. It was always fun. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, it was grueling because you never got your weekends off and you never got your holidays off. But it was fun. Like, there's a certain amount of camaraderie that comes with such a shitty service position. And you get to the free movies or whatever the equivalent was for your theater. And you learn to hate popcorn and have to relearn to like it again after you leave. So 100%. there's a there's, there's a lot of cool stuff about working at a movie theater. Uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, bits was uh, at the end of the night, you take a clean garbage bag and you dump all the popcorn into a garbage bag. And me and my oh, roommate, yeah. me and my roommate, we didn't have uh, what do you call it? Food or money? That's right. Um, <laughs> So my family came over visiting from out of town and they come walking into me and my roommate sitting on a couch with a big garbage bag of popcorn between the two of us. Perfect. We're just, we're just handful, just, just halfway through the bag, handfuls of popcorn. Just fucking. Did you ever do the thing? Did you ever do the thing where you would just make a batch of popcorn that would be illegal to sell because it would kill someone, but oh, you would no, eat it because. Because it was so salty. Yeah, where you do, like, four scoops of salt and, like, triple oil so it came out looking like like, uh, like, a, like a gold nugget. And it would taste incredible, but only because you were so over the taste of regular popcorn. 100%. Uh, yeah, that was, like, my favorite thing. You can't even – you can't pay someone to do that now if you work – like, if you're coming in as a, someone buying a ticket. You have to oh, basically, like, get a job there to be able to do it again. Exactly. Well, it's funny because I worked uh, a couple years ago at uh, Sinopolis, and uh, they would always know when I was making popcorn compared to when other people were making popcorn. <laughs> because the standardized is, is a scoop of the seasoning salt and, uh -huh. then, and then one pump of oil. Exactly. I made, I made two to a two and a half scoops of, of popcorn salt and always two pumps of oil. Absolutely. And you would get better popcorn that way. It would just be the... saltier than people expect. <laughs> but but it's a bunch of old people, so they didn't mind it. The best ever is, is when I'd actually, like, hear people ask, like, oh, like, who's making popcorn? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so you, the... you got a reputation with, with the customers for making quality corn. There were certain people that they that they'd come. Well, I didn't normally make corn. Like I was on the cleaning crew. I was just I was a team lead, so I would help when there was a backup. And I'd see people, sure. and they'd they'd look at me and they'd give me like a thumbs up, and they'd look at my thing and I'd give them a thumbs up, and I'd run in the back and I'd make a, I'd make a, a, a batch for them. Nice. All right. Cool. 
I miss I miss working at a movie theater, but I do not miss working at a fucking movie theater. Exactly. Like, if I were to lose my job tomorrow, I could take a position at a movie theater for maybe a month. And but if I, I if don't I think that I could make myself work there longer than that in, in, in the way that people treat service industry these days. If I if I could just get a full-time position as a ticket taker, I would just work at a movie theater the rest of my life. If I was just carrying <laughs> tickets... So you're saying, you're saying if you were a 75-year-old white man... Sure, sure. Absolutely. You would be you'd be content because that was who was always taking tickets at ours. It was either like the the brand new hire who was learning all the positions, or it was like Bernie, the man who's been there since the place was built. Sure, sure. We uh, Mike 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 Enus. His last name was legitimately Enus. Uh, Mike Enus, who taught me how to say egghead in Italian, uh, which, <laughs> is, which is a, apparently an insult, and that's uh, egaguzze. Wow. And that's egghead in Italian, and that's apparently like an insult to them. Amazing. Um, going to our next question. Uh, it's sure. A fun one. It's a fun one I like to ask. We're going to do that, and then one more, and then wrap it on up, because we've, we've been going for damn near an hour. Sweet. Super which episode. I, which, I don't, which I don't mind. I mean, I like the longer ones myself. Uh, back to the future. Oh, fuck yeah. That's, Goldie, that is on my desert island list. Goldie, Goldie Wilson. Does he become, oh, man. Okay. Does he become mayor of uh, his own accord, or does he become mayor because Marty goes back in time and tells him that he is going to be mayor? Oh, okay. So this is like chicken or egg, but with higher stakes. So my my gut... My uh, my my well-tuned Back to the Future Zemeckis gut says, like if I had if I if if Zemeckis and Spielberg were right in front of me and I was talking to them, I have a feeling that they would each say a different answer. I feel like Spielberg believes in destiny, and Zemeckis believes in causality, and I'm gonna side with Zemeckis on this one. Causality. I think that Marty triggers that. I think Marty creates the situation that he wants to be in because if you look at the way that he affects the future when he gets back to it, he has had like a drastic impact on all of the things around him. And I think that even though we know that he's going to be mayor, we never get to see what Goldie Wilson looks like in that altered future. It's possible that he is now like super mayor or something even more beyond that. But I think that he wouldn't have gotten to the point that he was at if he hadn't run into Marty in the diner like that. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's a real thought out good answer. I like that. Um, you just mentioned it, Desert Island. If you if you were stuck on a on a desert island and you could only take three movies with you, uh, what three movies would you take? So we've we've mentioned a lot of my favorites and I tried really hard not to repeat my movies. But uh, so so none of the ones that I've already said I love are on this list, even though they would probably end up on it. Okay. Back to the Future is definitely on the list. I I think that it's almost a perfect movie. And uh, I heard you say on a previous episode that you like Back to the Future 2 more. And that's fair, but I think that Back to the Future by itself could exist without sequels and would be fine. I, you're Whereas I don't think that Back to the Future 2 could do that. 
Uh, no, no, because you need the backstory for Back to the Future in order to Yeah, you need the framework for sure. For me, um, for so, me, two two stands out more just because of my age. Like Back to okay, the Future yeah. was out when I was a child, but I remember enjoying Back to the Future two more than I remember enjoying Back to the Future. I remember enjoying Back to the Future just two I enjoyed more. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so my other ones. One of them we 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 already mentioned we were talking about uh, brain donors is uh, Princess Bride. Okay. I think Princess Bride is another nearly perfect film. I think that it touches all the right things between romance and action and suspense and comedy. Uh, it has a, a nearly perfect cast. I think Mandy Patinkin is like one of the most underrated actors ever, and uh, Andre the Giant and just it's it's so glorious. And then my third one. He is, says, uh, to blave, which as, to blave. Know, which as we all know means to bluff, which means you were probably playing cards and he cheated. <laughs> Fucking Billy Crystal. Um, I, lo- I love it. And number three. Number three. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard toss-up between the first and second films in this trilogy. But for me, it's Hot Fuzz. I think Hot Fuzz inches out Shaun of the Dead by a nose just because the relationship that is that exists between uh, Simon uh, Simon Pegg's character and Nick Frost's character is just so wonderful, and I also think that it's a genuinely good action movie, despite being a very silly British comedy at the same time. And it also has like elements of horror to it that are really great. So that that's that's a sort of a a, a, a uniting factor across these three films is that they all have a lot of different genres represented. And I think that uh, Hot Fuzz is just a true, fantastic piece of filmmaking, just across the board. I love love Hot Fuzz. I love Shaun of the Dead. I do not know if you listened uh, to the Lost episode yet, Um, but... Didn't uh, you just put that out, like, like today? I I did. It was last week. It was was last week's episode. Um, Okay, yeah. I'll put it on the queue. No, no, that's all right. In it, in it, I tell, I tell a funny story. I'll give you the short version. I went to Comic-Con one year and these people, these girls were like, oh, come meet the actor director. I talked to them for like 15 minutes. I got assigned eight by 10, but I didn't get a photo with them. And when I was all said and done, I'm like, oh, what's the movie? And they're like, oh, Shaun of the Dead. My name is Simon Pegg. I'm the main actor. This is the director, Edgar Wright. Holy shit. That's incredible. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so. So, I'm, Comic-Con, I'm meaning San Diego Comic-Con? Yeah, San Diego Comic-Con. So, are you from SD? Uh, I was at one point. I, I, I lived there for many, many moons. I, I, were I, you in San Diego proper, or were you near San Diego? Uh, I was near San Diego. I was never in San Diego proper. The closest I got to San Diego proper is when I lived down in Normal Heights for, like, six months with my Okay, brother. so, so... What part of San Diego did you live in? Because I grew up in Carlsbad. Oh, I grew up in, in Cardiff. Okay, perfect. So, uh, like, when you're talking about working at Sinopolis, that immediately made me think of the Sinopolis that I know. There's, like, a couple of them. Exactly. I, I worked at Ultrastar before it became Sinopolis. That's what you ever go to the AMC 8? Of course. That's where I get people in through the, through the door. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, what a weird connection. That is that so is, great. That's actually really funny. Uh, so, okay, you being you being a North County kid, uh, did you ever do Rocky Horror at La Paloma? I did. I absolutely did. What, what I, years? Uh, I, what I, years? I, oh, man. 
while I was in high school. So like oh five oh six oh seven. All right. I'm I'm just gonna tell you this now. There's a ninety nine percent chance that you have seen me in full lingerie. <laughs> I was that's part of incredible. That. I was part holy of that shit. Cast. That's wild. I was part of that cast from 2003 to 2010. Oh my gosh. All right. So we'll have to talk the, outside the podcast, but I am certain years, that there are people that you and I both know. For the three years you were going there, you most definitely saw me perform. Like That's awesome. Oh my gosh. You, that's fantastic. Do you, do you remember Steve, the guy everyone made fun of? Of course. That was that's, you? That's me. That's absurd. Oh man. I, I don't know if this is good podcasting, or great podcasting, but it feels pretty great. This is this is a great little weird connection that we are making right now. I love it. I I think it's I I always think it's funny when 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 connections like this for the mere fact that we followed each other on Twitter and then we met at Faded in Los Angeles in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard, and now <laughs> and now we're finding out that that you know. We've, we've possibly known each other, you know, well, you've definitely known me a long time, but yeah, man, that's, that's crazy. That um, is absurd. Well, last, last one, listener recommendation. What's a film that you like that you feel has gone under the radar that people should give a chance. Okay. So given that we have had a super episode, is it okay if I make two? Go, go for it. Go for it. Okay. So the first one I need I need your listeners to take with a grain of salt. Um, the it is a a film that came out in like 2015 or 16, and the reason you have to take it with a grain of salt is the guy who wrote it is kind of an asshole. He's a guy named Max Landis, but the film is called Mr. Right, and it has it stars Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick, and it is a romantic action film. They actually describe it as a romantic thriller. But it is more of a screwball comedy with guns than it is anything else. And I think it's one of the most underrated films to come out in the last, like, five or so years. It is completely over the top and ridiculous. But it's also really sweet and charming in a way that is completely unexpected. And I think that uh, if people gave it a chance, they would probably enjoy it. Um, And to balance that out, I have a little bit more of a mainstream suggestion for my second one. Uh, My second choice the one that I recommend that I think everybody should see before the TV show comes out is the original version of Snowpiercer, oh, which oh, is... Oh, 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 with Chris Evans. Of course. Did you... Do you are, is, are those sound effects you not liking Snowpiercer? <laughs> I've seen the movie. I know what happens. But isn't it a great movie, even with what happens? Oh, I, I, my, I was in Vegas on a very bad trip when I watched that movie. Oh, you got to watch it sober, because that movie is... Oh, no, there no. When, are I some, I say, when I say it was a bad trip, I don't mean, like, acid. I just mean, like, the trip to Vegas was the drizzling oh. shit. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, okay, so, so don't pull your punches. What do you think of Snowpiercer? I think it's a fucked up movie. It is a fucked up movie. I completely agree. But I think it has some of the most interesting world building and some of the most interesting, like, character, considering the context of the film. And for people who haven't seen it, the whole conceit of the film is the world freezes. It's the future and they're on a train. 
and everybody is on a train and it's, they have, it's going fast enough to not freeze because the world is frozen. And the people at the back of the train decide they don't want to live at the back of the train anymore. They want to go to the front of the train. And anything else besides that would spoil a truly ridiculous, but yes, very fucked up movie. It's the standards of life, the, 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 the rich and the poor and, yeah. everything that, and everything that happens in between. And there's, there, there are sequences that are Whoa. really mind-blowing, in my opinion. I think that there's a, there's a scene where they go through a tunnel and there's uh, people with axes that is just completely mm-hmm. nuts. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where, you, where uh, like, the, the whole thing about the people in the back of the train is they basically use their food to barter. And that's a real big story element. And there's, there's just know, all the part what, with the rich people. Going into these? Do you know what's going into these? Yes. Oh, God. It's awful. Uh, but yes, honestly, no, it, it, no, I think it, it, it is a, a mindfuck of a film, but I think it's also really kind of amazing and wonderful, and I really want more people to see it, even if it's just to have the experience of seeing it, because it makes it that much more likely that the TV show they're making will actually survive, and I really want the show to be good. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that more people see it and more people experience the film and hopefully like it and uh if you like a a a roller coaster of a movie that has a lot of sci-fi elements and is an action film and a drama and is chris evans is in it with a a stubbly beard and octavia spencer and tilda swinton in an absolutely absurd role like it is just so great i think that people will probably enjoy it it's a binary movie they'll either absolutely love it or absolutely hate it it's a unique film it is definitely a new unique film. All right. Yeah. So those are your two listener recommendations. Um, uh, as I've tried to been doing in uh, recent episodes uh, before, uh, I'm going to get you to your plugs and then I'll get to what I was going to say because saying it now would just be fucking ridiculous. Where can people find you? Uh, anybody who wants to find me can find me on Twitter at Oaken Dude. My last name is Oaken. It's O-K-U-N and then the word dude. No spaces. Um, I have an Instagram, but I, uh, it's, it's mostly my public face. So if, if people find me through there, that's cool. Um, you'll probably be able to find that through the Twitter. I don't actually know what it is off the top of my head. And yeah, it's on my Twitter. And then oh. um, can I plug Faded? Like, honestly? Yeah, I think, plug, plug I think that everybody... Yeah, if you're in if you're in the LA area, do yourself a favor and come out to Faded Comedy at the Blue Rooster on Friday nights. It's the best vibe. It's it's truly fantastic comedy. It's ten bucks and it's bring your own beer. It's BYOB and it's it's great. It's, it's fantastic. I highly and, recommend it if you got the time. And I'm gonna say right now, uh, it's it's uh, the 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 front of the business is an art supply store. So don't let yes. that confuse you when you walk in. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta sort of. It's almost a speakeasy comedy. You gotta go through the art supply store to get to the back where the comedy is. Um, But yeah, ten dollars. I'll agree with you. Ten dollars, well worth it. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna be there this Friday. Uh, Oh no! I was gonna, I was gonna get a chance to talk to you about brain donors. My boss was, my boss scheduled me to wear. I'm gonna try and see if I can maybe get someone to switch with me on the opening shift. Uh, But uh, as far as I know, I'm closing on Friday. I'm gonna talk to her. Dang. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about not closing next Friday. Um, but 
uh, as we are, are leaving and signing out and closing up the show, uh, a message of, of positivity, a message of inspiration uh, for the listeners uh, to help them through their day. You got anything for us, Ben? Uh, yes. Uh, my big thing about positivity is I think every single person should write. I think writing is the best way to get your brain clear and put it on paper. And when you write, it makes your life better. So I'd say put pen to paper, put your fingers on the keyboard, get some writing done. It'll make your whole life better when you get the chance. I I like that. I agree with you 100%. Uh, So that's great. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was the show. Please reach out to Ben uh, on Twitter. Let him know you enjoyed it. Uh, Other than that, uh, I'm at the last podcast you'd want on Instagram at TLPYW on Twitter. Uh, the last podcast you want at gmail.com. Not that anybody's actually emailing me. And <laughs> other than that, ladies and gentlemen, that is the show. Ben, thank you for coming on. I've actually had a really fun time. And I know for a fact that you will definitely be a future guest. Thank okay. you so much. I look forward to it. This was a blast. I appreciate it. Excellent. And ladies and gentlemen, until next week, tip the veal, try the staff. I'll see you then. Ever wonder how your buddy got those exclusive wrestling superstar action figures? Finn Balor or even that Ric Flair autograph 8x10 photo that you can't find in stores? Chances are they came from Pro Wrestling Loot, Professional Wrestling's most unique and fan-friendly monthly subscription box. Pro Wrestling Loot customizes a 5-7 item mystery box for wrestling fans that includes exclusive t-shirts, action figures, collectibles, trading cards, pins, autographs, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Today, for all of our last podcast you'd want listeners, we have a deal for you. Just head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and enter the promo code LASTPODCAST to check out to save 20% off your first box with Pro Wrestling Loot. With over 20,000 followers online and presence at some of the biggest conventions in the United States, including WrestleCon and StarCast, Pro Wrestling Loot just isn't a business. With ties to indie, mainstream, lucha libre, American, and European pro wrestling, Pro Wrestling Loot is always sending out the most unique items with you in mind over the last five years. Sign up today at ProWrestlingLoot.com for just $24.99 and start receiving your monthly Pro Wrestling Loot box. Plus, for a limited time, enter code LASTPODCAST and receive 20% off your first box. Pro Wrestling Loot, for the fan in all of us. Thanks for coming to see our show. Sad to tell you we got to go. Grab your hat and head for the door. In case you didn't notice, there ain't any more. If you like our show, tell everyone but